Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The Weekly Wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. In the news this week, a bill submitted to Parliament on Wednesday. Singapore is proposing to hold dangerous offenders indefinitely, even after they complete their jail sentences. So it's called the Sentence for Enhanced Public Protection, or SEP, introduced as part of the Criminal Procedure Miscellaneous Amendments Bill. The idea is to prevent dangerous offenders from being automatically released from prison after their jail terms end, especially if they show signs of reoffending. Okay, why is such a sentencing regime being proposed now? How would the public react to this? Well, on the line with me is uh, Stephanie Yuantheo, who is Joint Managing Partner for TSMP Law Corporation. Stephanie, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, Elliot. Great to be back. Thank you. This is an interesting one, talking about the mm-hmm. uh, sentence for enhanced public protection. It's, okay, this being introduced as part of the Crimpro Code, what hmm. is the thought process behind this? So, you know, I can't speak to somebody's thought process, but I, I think what is important is there have been some cases, some very egregious cases that when we read about it, we feel heartsick, right? You, I, I, was, I was reading about this grandfather who served 20 years in jail for raping his daughter and her friends, comes out and then rapes his granddaughters. Yeah. I mean, that kind of situation is terrible. We read so many cases about pedophiles, intrafamilial rape cases, and we wonder why are these perpetrators back on the streets? So that extent, especially when we're looking after the vulnerable, some of these people target the mentally disabled. So long as we look at, as far as we're looking after the vulnerable, like children and the mentally disabled, I think it's really important that we have levers that will protect the public. And I know balanced against that is, you know, the liberty of the accused, should he be detained beyond the court sentence. And so I think the way to deal with that is really to make sure that you've got very robust checks and balances on when the minister will say and can say detain him for another period. Mm -hmm. I I think that that's what's going to be important. I'm just thinking of a couple of weeks ago when I was watching Suits on on Netflix, how (laughs) Mike Ross or or Harvey Specter is is talking to a potential uh, accused saying, oh, you've done this, it's a breach of trust, that's maximum 20 years, maximum 30 years. I can't use this line to act cool anymore. I'll be saying, yeah, that's 20 years, plus, plus. If you show signs of reoffending, plus, plus, plus. (laughs) What's the point of the penal code with all these laid out sentences then? Okay, to be fair, these are only going to be for very egregious, violent, sexual, okay. and you know, homicide offenses. Okay, so okay. it's not for littering, it's not for speeding. It's going to be for these yeah. these really yeah. bad offenses. Yeah. And at the time of sentencing, the judge must say that okay, this particular accused must come under this sentence for enhanced public protection scheme, so that he will be reassessed at the end of his first sentence. So it's not something that you know law enforcement can just wake up one day and say, don't like this guy's face, we're going to do this to him. It's got to be something that the judge says, no, this is a case that is relevant for that. 
Okay, so basically, at the time of sentencing, you're adding another layer that okay, yeah, you're with what you've done, with what you've yes. been accused of and found guilty of. Yes. You're gonna need this extra layer. We'll check back with you in twenty years, for example, to see if you deserve to be released. I get the pressure there, and I get how it's trying to make people or offenders take this more seriously. Uh, mm. I, I do wonder though, why not we look at the rehabilitation process as well? Maybe that needs to be improved. I totally agree. I think any legal justice system needs to look at the rehabilitation process. And I think that that needs to be done in tandem. But having better rehabilitation doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't have these sorts of levers in place. So I would say at the same time that we're doing all these things, we should have better rehabilitation. And if we can show that this guy has been rehabilitated, at the time that it goes to the review board to review him, they will say, yeah, he's rehabilitated. We should let him go. Now, one more point, Elliot, that's worth thinking about. Let's say a judge looks at an accused and he's done a heinous crime. And the judge can give maximum 20 years. But the judge says, okay, first time he's doing this crime, maybe I only give eight years. Mm. But if the judge thinks that there is no further potential detention, he may think, hey, better to give a longer sentence just in case he goes out and reoffends. Maybe he gives him 15 years. But okay. if, the, if the judge knows that, look, if I give him eight years, he'll be reassessed, we'll have a good rehabilitation process. Maybe at that point of time, if he doesn't, if he's not a threat to public safety, he can be released. In that case, maybe the judge will be take that into account in giving him what might be a lighter sentence so that, you know, I don't, I as the judge don't have to worry, hey, he might go and reoffend. I better put a prophylactic longer sentence, you know, of imprisonment. That's another way to look at it. I, okay, fair enough. I, I get your point of view. Uh, although uh, I'm about to stray into speculative territory here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love doing that. Does that do it is money FM yes, after all. Does, does that do anything to paroles then, which is early release with that constant uh, checking in with an officer? I think these guys will have to do a check-in as well. They will review uh, all the time. So they even if they let you, even if you come under this regime and they say that, okay, it's time... I think you're safe to let go. They will still keep checking in. Mm. One of the things that we, the public, don't really realize is that there are actually quite a lot of uh, social workers, law enforcement people who are sent to follow up with convicts and their families. That's the part of the world that we don't see. And then we see the case where, you know, somebody has reoffended and we bang the table and we say, how could we do this to a young child? Okay, sure. Fair enough. But I think there's a lot of machinery that goes behind this that maybe thankfully you and I have not had to to have anything to do with because our family hasn't been affected in this way. Mm. And then, okay, the other point of speculation I'm getting at is the kind of pressure this puts on uh, criminal defence lawyers now because there's an added layer. Okay, the crime looks so serious on paper. And, you know, we do the whole case law thing where something similar happened a couple of months ago. This guy is under this new scheme as well. It's harder for lawyers now? I don't know. I think it's just (laughs) one more new thing for lawyers to deal with, right? But, you know, they could also argue that, you know, he comes under the SEPP scheme. You can give him a lighter sentence because he will be reviewed at that point of time. Okay, fair enough. Um, Stephanie, another interesting thing is this new framework. Up to seven years jail for sex crime accused who refuse to undergo forensic examination. Does this mean that... I I, I find it a bit weird because with drugs, you have the presumption act. You're already presumed guilty until a scientific document uh, proves that you're innocent. Is this similar? Not quite? 
I don't think it's the same thing. I, th- I think okay. what it is is right now, currently under the existing law, you need the accused person's consent before you conduct a forensic medical examination. On okay. Him. Okay. That's not great for preserving evidence, right? Because yeah. we all watch enough police TV shows to know that I go home, I shower, I use a bit of bleach on myself. I'm good. Bleach all the yourself. DNA. <laughs> well, the DNA would have washed off, and yeah. you know, bleach yeah. kills everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So. Time is very often of the essence. Yes. Sometimes, even if you find the DNA, with time, it can be degraded. Right. So time is of the essence. If we have the ability to gather evidence which is probative, shouldn't we be able to do that? And if you say, yes, we should be able to do that because we have a framework in place to make sure that nobody is dis- you know, is prejudiced, mm-hmm. to gather the forensic medical evidence, it's done by a medical professional, then... You need to then tell people, okay, but if you don't submit to this, you know, there are consequences. Mm. I want to point out, everybody talks about these forensic medical things like, oh, you're going after the bad guys. Sure, they're going after the bad guys, but at the same time, it could exculpate you. Mm-hmm. It could show that there was no medical evidence or the DNA, your DNA or the mm. DNA, you know, on your body is not a match to the victim. Yeah. In which case, it could be exculpatory. So I, I believe that if you can get to the truth and the more evidence that you have and the more information you have, you get a clearer picture, then, then justice can be better done. I also want to say that, you know, if we build up a bigger database of DNA, mm-hmm. um, then we can solve cold cases. Oh, okay. And we're already seeing that happening, right? So if, let's say, there's a rape victim way in the past, mm-hmm. they got some DNA that's not her DNA, so likely to be the rapist, but that rapist DNA is not on file any place, you can't find the rapist. Right. But many years later, let's say that rapist does something else and his DNA goes on file, then you might be able to solve a court case. And I believe that's already being done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the victims and their families need that closure, I think. And I, I, think, I think that's a good thing. So while it's hugely important that we get this right, that we make sure there's good chain of custody, that yes. that the information is properly collected within a good framework. Yes. You can't just because you don't like somebody's face or because you know he's friends with your enemy, go after him. Yeah. But so long as you have a good framework to make sure that people are protected, there's transparency in how this is done. Isn't it good to get more of the truth from the evidence? No, I, I agree with you. And, and, and whilst the law is a lot about protecting one's rights, there are scenarios that we have to recognise that the best way to protect uh, rights is to be as open as possible. Uh, I know some people who would argue that you shouldn't even have to consent to this. It should be part of a presumption act where you're swapped. Just like uh, if you're caught for suspicion of drugs, you immediately have to give an instant urine test. And then you're, yeah. you know, if it comes back positive, okay, you're under investigation for two weeks until HSA says, okay, you're definitely off the hook so why mm. not it's such a serious crime yeah 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 uh, and, and I think you know once you sort out the DNA part and and if let's say DNA is found then the defense could probably focus on arguing whether consent was given or not you know I mean, yeah. of course there are manipulators out there as well and the defense can say that you know this wasn't properly collected or it's degraded too much or you know that's that's for the defense to challenge mm. so lots more work for lawyers to do but I think it's important for the victims and as a member of the public and when I read these cases yeah. about children and the mentally disabled being targeted, I 
I so want to throw some sort of big book at the at the perpetrators. I really do. Fair enough. That makes the both of us. <laughs> I've been speaking with Stephanie Yuan Theo, who is joint managing partner at TSMP Law Cooperation. As always, I appreciate your help. Take care and have a great day ahead. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.